Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Welcome to the most important week of the year. Over the next few days, each time we gather together, we will meditate on some extremely, extremely important events and ideas. We're now in the center of what we call Passion Tide, where we focus on Jesus' passion. Uh, There's four gospel accounts. Each one of them has its own passion history. We read the one from Matthew today. Thursday is the start of what we call the Triduum, the Three Holy Days. If you had something scheduled on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, cancel it. Be here and receive what God has to give you. There's been a tendency, especially among evangelical Christians in recent decades, of restricting Christianity to, to something that happens up here. It doesn't matter what I, I do as long as I think or as long as I believe the right thing. As James K. A. Smith terms it, we're, we think we're brains on a stick. On the other hand, there's been a tendency among mainline Christians to believe, well, it doesn't matter what I believe as long as I do the right thing. Today, our service squashes both of those ideas. The liturgy itself shows us this. Today is actually known by two names, Palm Sunday and Passion Sunday. You know, on some days you can come, you can sit in the pew, and you can let your mind do all the work or... Or not even, not even that. But today, you can't do that. We, we got our whole bodies involved. We're not just brains on a stick. We, we processed in. We waved palm branches. We saw the altar before us. We bowed at the name of Jesus. We cried out with the crowd at the beginning, Hosanna, which, which is a, a Hebrew word which literally means save now. Save us now to the Son of David. Hosanna, the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. But then we came through the portal. We came through the entrance, the gates of our church, just as the crowd entered the gates of the city of Jerusalem. And our shouts of praise, just as theirs did, turned into shouts of crucify. Crucify him. Palms and passion. This reflects the life of every Christian. The life of the Christian as it actually is, not as it's presented or believed by about 95% of the planet, Christians included. Most people think that Christianity is a religion about good people getting better, about good people getting a little help from God to reach their full potential, and God is the means by which all of their dreams will be realized. But this is a huge misunderstanding of Christianity because what this does is that it either makes people uh, despair when their dreams aren't realized or, or it makes them proud Pharisees when they actually are. Either way, it makes a people who have no place for Christ. But good people getting better is not even actually how we experience life. If we're honest, the more we know, the more we realize just how much it is we don't know. 
the more I do, the more I realize just how much it is that I've left undone. Trying to overcome the daunting mountain, the ever-increasing backlog of my sin uh, makes freeing a freighter ship in the Suez Canal look like a piece of cake, even with a tiny little excavator. The less I try to sin, the more I actually do. We begin each day by shouting Hosanna, laying our coats out for Jesus, but at the end of the day, we're shouting crucify, crucify. And we read through the Passion account and we saw all those figures with whom we, each one of us could deeply relate. We saw Peter, the, the bold and the well-spoken, but he is a denier. We saw Judas, the, 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 the outwardly pious, the one who's really great at managing money, but he's a traitor. You have Pilate and, and the soldiers who, who are just there trying to do their job. You have all the rest of the disciples who have been with Jesus for years at his side, now desert Jesus in fear. You have the women, they're, they're helpless victims. Uh, the priests uh, are just trying to keep the laws, even as they're, they're stirring up the crowd to have Jesus be crucified. And while we might relate to these different people at different moments in our lives, or even, for that matter, at different moments of the day, there is one moment that we read that, that each one of us has, has done. And this stands in stark contrast to the hosannas at the beginning when we as the assembly yelled in unison, crucify him, crucify him. We are utterly and completely sinners. The palm branches that we waved illustrate this quite well. Quite well. Palm branches, along with three other types of branches, uh, were an important part, were an important symbol for the Jewish festival of booths. Uh, this is one of seven festivals that God told the Israelites to celebrate uh, and to observe. They were to take these, these palm branches and make uh, shelters or booths out of them. And they would do this uh, for seven days on their rooftop or wherever they could find space around their home. Essentially, they, God told them to go camping at home for seven days. But this wasn't like a pandemic-style staycation. This was to remind them of how Israel had dwelled for 40 years in the wilderness because of their sin, when they weren't allowed to enter into the promised land. But the fact that they're doing this now at home uh, also meant that these palms were a sign of victory because God had saved them from their enemies. They were in the promised land. They were in Jerusalem. But something happened uh, when, from when God told them to do that and, and, and then uh, something happened in the time of the judges. They took it all for granted and they actually forgot a lot of what God said. They actually forgot the Passover, one of the other, or one of the, or the most important festival of the Old Testament. Now, this is the festival that Jesus and all the others in Jerusalem are, are actually there for. Uh, they're entering not for Palm Sunday. That's what we call it. They're entering for the Passover. But they'd completely forgotten about the Passover. They didn't totally forget about the festival of booths. Uh, but it would be kind of like if, if you forgot Easter. Well, the other festivals of Christianity probably don't mean a whole lot to you either. But along comes Ezra in the book of Nehemiah, 
And he leads the, the, the Israelites in a reformation and a study of the books of Moses, the Pentateuch. And Nehemiah says, since the time of Joshua, they never before celebrated with such great joy. For me, that's kind of what this year, this Holy Week feels like. It's like we didn't even get to celebrate last year with the, the pandemic and the lockdown. But here we are. I, I hope you are as excited and, and filled with joy as, as I am that we actually get to be here to celebrate this. For the people in Ezra's day, the Festival of Booths was particular and especially meaningful because it, it marked the restoration, the reestablishment of Jerusalem as the center of faith and life. They no longer needed tents because God had led them into the promised land and, and, and built a permanent temple constructed in Jerusalem. So on Palm Sunday, when the people are waving their palm branches, they're waving them as a sign of victory, recognizing Yeshua, who has again come. However, they're all thinking Yeshua, or Jesus, is there again to restore Jerusalem because Jerusalem is now under control by the Romans. They want God to help them realize their dreams of a perfect country, of a strong, restored country, with Jerusalem as the center. They want victory over their enemy, the Romans. But Jesus has come to bring a very different kind of victory. He goes as a lamb led to the slaughter in lowly pomp, to die, as we say. And he goes not to give us victory so we can be the best version of ourselves. He goes to give us victory from ourselves. He goes in order to save them, to save us from our never-ending pendulum swinging back and forth between pride and despair, saying at one moment, I'm going to do better, and the next minute, forgetting everything God has said. Christianity is not about good people getting better, but that Christians are holy and completely sinners. We are sinners in mind, body, and soul, in everything we think and everything we do. But there's one other thing about palm branches. If you paid careful attention to our lesson, our first lesson from Matthew that we read outside, Matthew actually never says palm branches. We get that detail from John's Gospel. John also wrote Revelation. And in Revelation, John wrote this, connecting us to Palm Sunday. After these things I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing in front of the throne, and of the Lamb clothed with white robes and with palm branches in their hands. They called out with a loud voice and said, Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. What John is doing through palm branches is not only connecting us sinners with past sinners like those in Israel, but he's connecting us with saints. Perfect saints, those who have come out of the wilderness of this world out of sin, who have gone through the portal, not the portal of a church, not through the portal of Jerusalem, but the portal of heaven, the gate of heaven, from every nation, tribe, people, and language. They're unique. 
They speak different languages. They have different color skin. They have sinned equally in different ways. But they are all dressed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. And they're calling out the fulfillment of Hosanna, not save us. They're calling out Hosanna salvation as an accomplished fact. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. The Lamb of God who went to die on the cross and accomplished our and their salvation. And how is it possible? How is it possible that complete sinners have been made righteous? John says they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. You, who God knows, have yelled crucify. You who have forsaken and rejected and forgotten God, you are made righteous through the washing in the blood of the Lamb. Baptism is this washing, a washing of renewal and regeneration. Through baptism, the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, is sprinkled on your head. And you receive a new robe, like Ava this morning, who went into the water a sinner and came out also a saint. Every day, by remembering your baptism in confession and absolution, you crucify, again, your sinful nature. And every morning, you rise a new person before God. Through baptism, you are made a saint. You are declared to be a new person, to possess the righteousness, the purity of God. It's not what you're becoming. It's what you already are. Through Jesus, through Christ, in body, soul, and mind, you are saints, completely forgiven. Whether we realize it or not, just like the crowd on Palm Sunday, for as long as we live in this world, our hosannas will always be mixed with shouts of crucify. We are, as Martin Luther said, saint and sinner. Sinner and saint at the same time. Palm Sunday and the passion of Christ reminds us that you are loved unconditionally. You are a sinner who is also made a saint and made holy by the blood of the Lamb. And so this means you can take up your cross and follow Jesus. Confident that Jesus will lead you through the dark valley, whatever valley it is, even through the grave, through life eternal. And there, on the last day, only the saint will remain. As we also sang with the crowd, right after Pilate washed his hands, we agreed. And we said, let his blood be on us and on our children. And by God's grace, through baptism, it is. For the forgiveness of your sins. For you and for your children. As we sang in our hymn, baptism is a dear forgiving flood, sprinkling me with Jesus' blood. Blood shed and given. 
blood poured out on you, blood for the forgiveness of your sins and for your salvation. Hosanna. In Jesus' name, amen.